hosting for your tech life, proudly provided by Web Central. Everything technology, from computers to mobile phones, TVs and the internet. Information you want, want. all the help you need. Your Tech Life with Trevor Long. And thank you for listening, thank you for downloading. This is, as the man said, Your Tech Life um, via eftm.com.au. And thank you to all the uh, Facebook fans who put up with my merging of properties over the last couple of weeks. Just got a bit hard to manage Facebook there, so uh, EFTM is the place to go for all the Facebook content, including Your Tech Life, each week. So if you um, like EFTM online, so it's facebook.com forward slash EFTM online. On Facebook, you will get the podcast in your feed every week, or you can just listen via iTunes or Pod Pocket Casts, whatever it might be. Thank you for listening. Thanks to the good people at Garmin, Satellite Navigation and GPS Technology. So many cool things. Oh, next week, I'll be able to tell you so much because tomorrow I'm going to check out all their cool stuff at their um, head office here in Sydney. Uh, lots to talk about this, this week. In fact, I'm, again, not sure how many of these things will get on the show, but um, we've got calls about Fetch TV, um, support for Windows 8.1 ending, da, da, da. Uh, laptop advice for Isla. Uh, DRM-free video. And if you don't know what that means, we'll discuss that shortly. The Pebble smartwatch. Is it the uh, the best on the market? Uh, mobile phone plans. Another option for you from a, from a caller. Uh, plus, I've got a very cool interview with the man himself, Patrick Lowe, the big boss of Netgear. He's a great bloke and good to talk to about the future of technology. So we shall, um, we shall talk to him shortly. All here on Your Tech Life. Thanks to the good people at Garmin, Satellite Navigation, GPS Technologies, Garmin. Dot com dot au, and you can get in touch. Please send me an email. Say good day. Uh, EFTM.com.au is the website, or you can call 1 800 157 157 or tweet me at Trevor Long or at Your Tech Life. Thank you for listening. Thank you for downloading. Thank you for listening. Trevor Long here with you for the ride home, the walk home, the walk to work. I don't know where you are because you could be listening anywhere. It's a podcast after all. Uh, let's go back to calls. Go, Bevan. Hello, mate. How are you? I'm excellent. What can I do for you? Um, thinking about a Fetch TV, and I'm sort of weighing up the options between getting myself a, a Panasonic PVR or a Fetch TV and what the benefits are of that over a IQ box, a Foxtel IQ box. And yep. I'm sort of in no man's land. There's, there's good and bad about everything, really. And you know what? There's your answer. <laughs> because in the end, I mean, in the end, there are. There are good and bad about everything. And so I'm uniquely lucky, obviously. I get to play with a lot of stuff. I've had Foxtel for many years. Um, I have two Foxtel IQ boxes in my home, uh, a HD one in the lounge room and an SD one in my little man cave studio here. Uh, and I've always loved it. I've, I love the fact that I can just hit record and it records. I can easily schedule stuff off the EPG. I've never really thought twice about it. Um, I've used PVRs before, but they're all so basic that, okay, they record programs. It's like having a v- VHS replacement. So I don't, I put, put it this way, dis, I would discount the PVR on day one because it does nothing more than just record your programs. Yeah, so, I absolutely agree with that. And the research that I've done and looking around there, the PVR itself has got a very basic EPG, and I don't want that. I want something that's got a updated EPG. Well, your winner is Fetch because the yeah. the EPG on Foxtel is comprehensive but slow. It, it is slow to load. It is slow to push forward. It is ugly on the screen. It needs work. And, you know, there's going to be an IQ3 box some point down the track, but we haven't seen it yet. We don't know what it's going to look like and who knows. So at this point in time, mate, 
I mean, I've been playing. I've had the fetch box in my lounge room now for probably three and a half weeks. My kids can navigate it beautifully. Um, my kids know where they're... So there's a section called My Recordings. It's called My Stuff and then My Recordings. And here's what I love about it. If you know anyone with Foxtel IQ, and I could press it now, for example, I press my planner and, and I see everything I've ever recorded in chronological order. Now, okay, I'm going to be really egotistically um, weird here, but I, I record a lot of A Current Affair when I'm on. <laughs> And just because I want to make sure I see what they what they put on the TV, and I, I, I they're all there, and then there's TV shows in between, and they're just a long list. And if I want to find Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, I've got to scroll through up five days ago, and it's just hard. Yeah. But on the Fetch TV box, when I go my stuff, my recordings, it's a list of programs one by one, one program group. So instead of seeing ten Teenage Mutant 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 Turtles, whatever they're called, uh, A Current Affair, uh, Henry Huggle Monster, all these different things listed, and 10 episodes of each were listed there on the one screen. I see one listing for each in a folder-style format like on a computer. And then you go oh. into the folder, and there'll be... So, like, if you recorded Seinfeld every single episode, it would say Seinfeld Season 1, Seinfeld Season 2, and then it's all split out, right? Ooh. It's brilliant. I'm sold. Um, Where can I get one? <laughs> I'll tell you one other thing I love about it before we go there is, and the great example, again, a current affair, what I've done is I've set a current affair to record every night for Series Link, but discard recordings after it's, every, every second recording is deleted. Not every second, but after two recordings, the third is deleted. So it's now Tuesday night. On my fetch box in the lounge room is Monday and Tuesday nights um, a current affair, but Friday nights has been deleted. And then tomorrow night, it'll be Tuesday and Wednesdays with Mondays deleted because I never want to go back more than two days. You, you can record the news record the news and say just one night. And so it doesn't keep yesterday's news. You only want tonight's news. But with Seinfeld, with Seinfeld, I want everything. <laughs> yeah, so it's brilliant. That's, that's space management. There's a few of those boxes, some of the, um, the T- other ones. That TiVo did that. You've got to go through. Yeah. And you've got to go through and individually delete some of them. The one thing I didn't like about the TiVo that I looked through was the fact that you couldn't skip through the ads quick enough. Um, you couldn't turn it on. They had a sort of a control over you watching a little bit of something. With the Fetch TV, you can jump through very quickly. Well, look, you can go 32 speed, which is as fast as you can get on any box, but you can't skip through yeah. them. Um, there's not a, an ad skip button. There are some PVRs in the market that have an ad skip button, mainly in America, but there are some here. And they basically right, right. skip ahead two minutes. And look, I mean, great, you miss the ads, but... You don't guarantee that you're going to, you've got to skip another minute. You've got to go back. It's just, it's just ah, not perfect. It. And that's, that's all because the free-to-air networks don't want that capability in the market. And I support that. Obviously, I work at a free-to-air network, so I would. But, um, look, it's not that big a deal. You skip ahead. Here's what Fetch does, too. You fast-forward 32 speed, and then when you see the you know Channel 10 logo come on, you prick go, and it, yeah. you know how you always miss it, and it goes a couple of yeah, seconds yeah. into the show? This thing yeah, automatically not- rewinds a bit. Okay. I was going to say, I sit there with my partner on the couch and it's, uh, who's got the gun, you know? Who's yeah. got the rock star? If you can you return at a rock star level or if you've gone past it, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. rubbish. And, and the fetch box then goes back a couple of seconds, right? So oh. that it, it automatically knows that you, you're not going to make it. So it goes back a bit and warms you up. So very oh, good. You sold me on the fetch TV. Where can I get one? You're in Perth, right? I'm standing at Kings Park looking out over the beautiful uh, Perth water at the present time with a little bit of traffic going past. Yeah. Looking at the Narrows Bridge, eh? I am looking down upon that, yes. Yeah, very good. I, I lived in Jandicott for a while, so I drive up the Quinana Freeway into Perth regularly to get checked my mail at the GPO and go to the St. George Bank, the one that in Perth. Uh, those nice were the too. days. Yeah. Anyway, um, so you, you've really got three options. The first one is to sign up with IONET and get it through them. 
Second one is to sign up with Optus and get it through them. And with yeah. both those, and there's other ISPs as well, Internode and a few others coming on board, but bottom line, with them you get then unmetered access to the internet, which means when you want to watch movies, because we haven't really talked about that, you've just been talking about PVRs, but yeah. when you want to watch movies or stream IPTV channels, it's all free um, in terms of data costs. You just pay for the service. Whereas, Is it possible to get one of those, uh, can you get the box itself and then just... Watch it through your own. If I've got, say, a, uh, and uh, I won't mention the brand name, I've got an unlimited um, ISP. Yeah, definitely. And so what you do, what you need to wait for, and this is the reason they gave me one to, 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 to test, is they're going to start selling them in Harvey Norman. Now, they said to me late May, probably early June. So I would think that by early June, they will have them in, in Harvey Norman stores. It'll be $349 plus $5 per month. Now, that $5 per month, gets you the the 30 free movies. So there's 30 movies in a, in a catalogue that they decide every month, right. and you get to watch any of those movies. So if you wanted to watch a movie a night, but you know you have to choose from their 30 movies, you can do that for 5 bucks a month. And then right. you, can, and I, you can upgrade. Do I, get the, the, do I get the channels that are in the Optus Entertainment Pack as well? That's another $15 a month. So your total cost is $20 a month, and you'll get those 30, 35 channels. 20 bucks a month and uh, you've got yourself uh, a few extra movies and, and a box that's going to work on the on the internet. Unlimited. Nice. Correct. I like it. Yeah, that's it, mate. Well worth it. Um, highly recommend it, mate. I, I, I'm really loving it. It's great. I reckon you're on a winner there. That'll be ideal. I'll be uh, queuing up at Harvey Norman the day they've got them. All right, mate. Well, do let me know when you've got it so you can give me your feedback because uh, they're always interested in feedback, I'll be honest with you. I love the fact that they're always asking me for more feedback and I'm happy to give feedback based on, on what you think as well, mate. Magic can do. Cheers, Trevor. Good on you, Bevan, and uh, thanks for getting in touch, bud. You can get in touch as well. Just go to the website, eftm.com.au. And thank you for listening, Your Tech Life. You can get in touch whenever you want, one eight hundred one five seven one five seven or eftm.com.au. Let's go north. G'day, Les. G'day, Trevor. How are you, mate? Good, mate. You're in Caloundra. I'm in sunny, well, we're a bit cloudy today, but yes, I'm in Caloundra. Regularly Sometimes. sunny as opposed to the rest of the country. Sometimes. Good on you, mate. What can I do for you? Uh, you were mentioning the other day uh, on your program uh, with some uh, ideas for people about mobile phone plans. Uh, I just thought I'd contact you and let you know that uh, I've run into a group called Telechoice, which mm-hmm. I've been more than happy with. Oh, great. Uh, they're uh, the same as, uh, as uh, LD. Right. And they do exactly the same service as what LG does. On the but Telstra network, re- are they? Sorry? They're on the Telstra network? They are on the Telstra network. Okay. They're the 97 98%, uh, whatever it is. Yeah, same, same, LG's on. same deal, yeah. And uh, they'll do uh, plans. Uh, I, I myself am on a plan which is uh, cost me $25 a month. I get $650 worth of calls, and I get 1.5 gig of data all on the Telstra plan, uh, on the Telstra network. I just think it's a sensational plan, and uh, uh, I, the more people who know about it, uh, the, the better off everyone's going to be. Well, I yeah, reckon. and you make a good point, because the more people are on it, the more chances got of sticking around. So I'm on yeah. their website now, Yep. Um, the TeleChoice website. You sent me a link to, to a Kogan Offers page. Co- yeah, Kogan. We used to be with Kogan many years ago, yes. Trevor. And, <laughs> it was a while ago, wasn't it? It was a while ago, and uh, unfortunately when they went under, one of the... So they did a bit of a they deal did some with office, yeah. Yep, yep. And if you were, uh, they sent us out an email and they said if you were to go to this particular link uh, with the Kogan offer as an ex-Kogan customer, 
they'd give you a special deal. I, I think right. the deal is still available. Yeah, actually, so I'm on that page there. now. But so, but, well, let me let me not go to that page. Let me let me just look at their general, their general uh, page, website. Yeah. So, what what plan are you looking at? Is the forty dollar well, plan? On the, we're on the Kogan Choice one. We're on twenty five bucks. It may well be slightly different to what's on the main. Well, plan, let me let me have but, a look. It's twenty five dollars. $25 uh, a month. If you sign up for 24 months, is that correct? That's right. The Kogan offer, I think, was only for 12 months. Yeah, and then there's a month. It's $35 if you just want to go month to month. And you're getting right. for yep. that yep. Yep. $650 worth of calls and texts. Yep. Uh, you're getting unlimited uh, telechoice to telechoice, so good for families if you've got yep. that. You've got 1.5 gig of data. Yep. Uh, you're paying 55 cents a text, uh, 97 cents a minute for call. Yep. So it's it's up there in terms of costs, but it's pretty yeah. good, mate. We're, I mean, we're more than happy with 25 it bucks. That is good value if you're prepared to sign up for tw- for two years. That's what the hassle is. That's what the yeah. hassle is. Because now, it leaves you unable. Yeah, I, to, it leaves you I, unable to cha- change if your if your calling patterns change. Are you well, I believe I can change uh, after. Uh, as I said, the Kogan one deal was 12 months. So at the end of 12 months. Uh, you can swap back down or back or go up to whatever plan you wanted to go to. Mm. Yep. Well, it sounds like a bloody good idea, mate. Thank you, Les, for bringing that to my attention. Telechoice, and they're at telechoice.com.au. They've got stores and everything too, so you'll probably find they them They do around. have some stores, very few up here in Queensland. Yeah, there. They're right. mainly down in Victoria. Now, one of the hassles with Telechoice is the, the, uh, some people haven't been real happy with the service desk or whatever that they're getting. They have a concern and... It takes a little bit of it, but I think if you're prepared to put yourself through the through the the process or whatever, you'd be more than happy with the with the bang you get for your buck, mate. Yeah, good work, excellent, Les. Thank you for that, mate, and thank you for getting in touch. Not a worry, mate. Have a good night. Good on you, and you can get in touch as well. Just call one eight hundred one five seven one five seven, like Les did. Go to the website eftm.com.au. Thank you for downloading. This is Your Tech Life. My name is Trevor Long. You can follow me on Twitter at Trevor Long, as many people have. And just an explanation because, uh, you know, people ask these things and I'm happy to share. When you follow me now, I've automatically set up a response to say, hi, hello, hello, what you doing? And why did you... It's really, it's a great way of quickly saying to people, hey, reply and, and engage. The first one's automatic, right? Yes. But from then on, it's all me. <laughs> Um, so uh, please follow, say good day at Trevor Long, twitter.com forward slash Trevor Long. Now, what if there was an HD action camera without the limits of other cameras? A camera that films smarter, longer, would you be able to tell a better story? Well, meet Verb, a true 1080p action camera with built-in chroma display, up to three-hour battery and rugged, waterproof, easy design. It's an easy, easy film, exactly what you want to see. Because that's what you want. You want to do it easily. 
So think about what can you record with this tiny, tough little thing. It's a beautiful little design. Hold it in your hand, mount it on, 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 on something. It doesn't matter. It's got um, SD memory card slot up to uh, uh, 64 gig. We'll have seven hours of 1080p recording. Uh, a great battery with uh, three hours life, rugged, water-resistant. It's actually got a screen on it so you can see what you're filming. Plus stabilization, um, removes that seasickness effect. So if you're into action, doesn't matter what kind of action, family or outdoor crazy activities, have a look at Verb, V-I-R-B, Verb from Garmin. And you don't need duct tape. They've got all the mounting brackets you'll need to mount it where you want to put it. Uh, Garmin. .com.au for all the details on Verb. Verb, V-I-R-B, from Garmin.com.au. G'day, Lee. What can I do for you, mate? Yeah, Trevor, um, I heard you talking the other day about the Samsung Gear 2, and um, I thought I'd uh, contact you and tell you a little bit about the the Pebble watch, the Pebble smartwatch. Yeah, um, I'm, I'm loving still my the uh, Galaxy Gear. Oh, sorry, the Samsung Gear. Not allowed to say Galaxy anymore. Um, <laughs> it's, uh, uh, it's, it's a really interesting um, approach. Um, so you got a Pebble, have you? Yes, I got the Pebble uh, Steel. Which is the more recent one. There was an original one and this is the, the kind of second iteration. Yeah, the, 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 I think the original one was more, it looked very plasticky and kind of mm. geeky, whereas, well, this one looks geeky, but at least it's doing it with a little bit of a, uh, of a higher, higher class uh, material, I think. Right. So what are your thoughts on it um, overall? What, how does it operate? I mean, I, I literally, mate, I've seen I've a few blokes on I've got them. I've never sat down and tried to use one. I mean, describe it to me. Black and white screen there? Yep, it uses the electronic ink, so very similar to the Kindle. Um, so even when the backlight isn't on in normal daylight, it is very readable. Um, and, yeah, so it, it, it's very clear. Um, it's got uh, quite a few different uh, watch typefaces you can um, you can load onto it. So I've got, you know, and I've even got a, a weather app that communicates via Bluetooth to the phone, and it gives me the the, the time, uh, a graphical cloud or, or, or sun, whether it's sunny or clear or, or showery and things like that, with highs and lows and actuals. Um, so, yeah, the, the the display is very clear, um, and even when it is dark, you can just give it. You can set it to when you give your wrist a little flick, here the backlight comes on. And um, you know it's it's easy to read mm. um, the information uh, when there are eight different types of um, uh, apps or screens you can have with it. So you can have things like notifications, and that will bring through everything from uh, text messages, emails, WhatsApp. Um, you know everything. You know uh, even even uh, notifications that come through from. Um, uh, you know, sports apps and th- those kind of things. So you get all the all the app uh, all the uh, notifications that you'd normally get. And it gives you a little bit of a buzz. You can set it to do that or not. Um, even now, when um, uh, when you're in a call, it'll actually have a um, indication of the, the the caller's number or name if it's stored in your phone or not. Yeah. Uh, and you can actually answer it from the the the, the three buttons on the right hand sides. Uh, scrolling up and down, and one is to uh, it's like an enter function, 
and there's a button on the left that is a back button so you go back to previous screens and things like that so when and the nice thing is you can't take the calls on the phone but if your phone is uh, off to one side and it's connected to a Bluetooth speaker or something. You can answer the phone and hang up from the from the watch itself. So, so it's what's really it, what's it compatible aspect. with? We're um, we're, we're um, both. So Android and iOS. Yes. And are, are there are there the... differences in um, in, in the functionality depending on which you're with? I mean, often with Android you can get a lot more out of it. Yeah, um, I have noticed when I've been looking for. Um, uh, I heard you talking about being able to answer or respond with predetermined yep. uh, text messages um, with the, the, the Samsung Gear um, 2, whereas this one, I was looking for some apps that could do that um, just to benchmark it and see if it does it. Um, oh. A lot of the apps, now, when you're looking for apps or functionality, you download a an app on your iPhone yes. or tablet. Yes. And... Um, uh, from there, you can select the functionality of apps or uh, go through things like, um, you know, sports, uh, uh, daily. Um, there the are quite a few categories you can go through. And the, the ones for messaging, there's a lot more in the Android ecosystem. Of course. Um, yeah, there's just so it. much more. I mean, it's like the um, I had a Casio Bluetooth G-Shock, and it was just you had to enter all your mail details and everything into the app as opposed to it integrating with iOS to find your notification. So that, that was a bugger. So I always assume that these things are better with Android. Um, yep. How much did it set you back? I paid $249. That's pretty um, good. That's pretty good. Yep. And, you know, it, it's the, the frustrating thing was I'm, I'm never a person to wait for, especially gadgets. Yeah. I buy it today, I want it today. And yep. it was uh, close. It was just on or around six weeks when I bought it. Right, oh, okay. Um, I, I actually saw that. I saw the ad on 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 one of my streams through uh, Facebook, and I thought I went to the web page and had a look and and saw that it was compatible with both uh, iOS and uh, Android. Um, had a look at it, did a scrutiny at it quite a lot. Uh, compared it to the initial Samsung Gear. Um, this one has got really good. Um, life, uh, you'll get about five days on a single charge, um, and it's just a, it, and it's, it's nice, it's almost similar to the way Apple do their uh, charging as well, it's got little uh, magnets that hold the, the cable onto the side of the watch, um, so it'll hold it in place and it only takes about an hour to charge it up and it'll yeah. go for five days, um, so that was that was good for me, the battery life was um, um, from what I understand with the, the, the Samsung, it was a, a, a depending on how often you use it or show it off, um, which is what I've been doing. Yeah. <laughs> um, it it is quicker. funny, isn't it? So, I, I mean, I've been wearing my gear um, unattached to a Bluetooth phone because it's, I've not been using the Galaxy for a while, for a week. And so the battery life's excellent because it's doing nothing yeah. other than displaying the time on a really cool watch. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, yeah, my, you know, mine does that. that. And I've got a number of watches I can change between and, and things like that. And, and even the, the weather app will give you the trending weather and things like that. And, so it's it's informative and uh, but it would be nice for it to to give you know that auto response or things like that. Um, I'm not really fussed about having a camera on my wrist, um, but yeah, and, and there are specific. You can use it as an um, a remote as well for yeah. 
talk into your your phone's camera. So if you've got your camera set up somewhere, you can probably do a selfie. Or I've shown colleagues where they've been pulling funny faces, and I just click the button on my watch, and it takes a picture, and and it it, it previews that picture, but it's in grayscale because it's obviously just black and white. So when they see their face in black and white, they kind of freak like, "Wow, I didn't know you could do that." And, they're actually looking to the to the the watch as if the the watch is taking the picture, but it's not. Yeah. <laughs> but it's really trendy. I'm still wearing the leather strap. Um, I'm going to put the uh, the stainless steel one on. So you get two straps with it, which is good. So um, yeah, I, I'm I'm really pleased with it. Um, but um, I'm sure if they brought out a color one with a little bit better functionality, I'd probably be rushing um, for it. Throwing my money at that one too. Yeah. Right. Well, they won't get the bat- they won't get the battery life out of a color color LCD screen, so that's why it is what it is, and it's uh, it's what makes it such a good device. Well, good on you, um, Lee. Yep. Really appreciate the feedback on the Pebble, and uh, people can look for the Pebble online. Uh, lots of reviews from because gadget geeks love it. Uh, good on you, mate. Thanks for getting in touch. Thanks, thanks, Trevor. And you can get in touch as well. Just go to the website, eftm.com.au or call 1-800-157-157. Talking technology without the jargon. Your, your Tech, tech life, life with Trevor Long. You're listening to Your Tech Life, and I'm in the uh, offices of Netgear here in Australia, and I'm joined by the big boss, Patrick Lowe. G'day, Patrick. Nice meeting you, Trevor, again in, uh, in Australia. Mate, good to see you again. Just um, thinking about the home network, and it's something I've talked about a lot, and, and you've been banging on about probably for more years than I can even imagine, but... You know, the home network is becoming so much more important than just the computer and even the tablet and the phone now, isn't it? Because people have so much connectivity in their home. Is that the reason Netgear stays strong and has a strong future? Oh, absolutely. There is no doubt the uh, home network, as we envisioned when we first founded Netgear, uh, is basically our, what our mission is. Anything that's powered by electricity eventually will be connected to the Internet. And right now, with the proliferation of handheld devices such as your smartphone, and not only that they are connected to the Internet, that you would be able to manage and control and monitor it through your smartphone. And that's the beauty of the whole thing. So in the low household, when you open up Netgear Genie, so I open up my Nighthawk um, um, interface, and it says connected devices, 29. I mean, I think I'm going okay. What's the what's the what's the Patrick Lowe household look like in terms of connected devices? Well, I mean, today, I mean, we got I, I got in my house um, naturally our Neil TV. Yeah. All right, uh, connected to uh, the TV, some smart TVs on yeah. its own. I got uh, home monitoring cameras. Our yeah. view zone is connected. Yeah. I got um, two of them, and then of course I got uh, our Ready NAS. All right, which is serving as our cloud, yeah. ser- private cloud private server, cloud. private Dropbox type of thing, that's also connected to the internet. And of course, all the tablets. You know, we got we got three, you know, iPads. Yeah. You know, we got uh, two um, smartphones, yeah. and then we got three PCs. I I, I lost count. Yeah, I think yeah, yeah. I think we're up to at least fifteen, sixteen devices that are connected. I try. I, I use it as a, a badge of honor, trying to look at my 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 genie, genie interface and seeing if I I try and get past the thirty because a lot of the, it's interesting though, and this is where it gets interesting to me because you have your and you just listed a lot of devices that are pretty much constantly connected, but then there's the ones that come on and off the network yes. as required. And for example, scales, mm-hmm. yeah, a set of Wi-Fi scales, they're not permanently connected to your network, but. You know, the, the reason to have a strong network at home is because when you get on those scales and they're sending that information back to whether it's an e-health provider or just to your own personal dashboard, 
they need to have a network there. If the network's not there, it becomes a problem. So educating people about the need for a strong network is, is a big part of the message, isn't it? Because a lot of people take their network for granted. Yes, clearly. Um, but to us, taking the network for granted is great, mm. all right, because that means people have accepted it. It's just yeah. like today, people take electricity, people take running water, for granted. Because but electricity and running water don't change, whereas networking can and, and does. So, you know, I, you get people, and I, I speak to people regularly on the radio or wherever it might be, who have, you know, some sort of connectivity issues. You know, their their movies are downloading slower than they think they perceive they, they should be. And often it's because that little router or modem that was supplied by their internet provider hasn't changed in three years, but the technology has. Yes, so... You're right. I mean, the, the, all the Internet technology is still is early stage. So there is tremendous advancement almost every other year. Yeah. I mean, think about this. You know, just three, four years back, not everybody would think of how powerful the smartphone could be. Yeah. And not many people really have the idea of the Dropbox, of the iCloud, and things like that. But now, you know, mm-hmm. most people do it. So we do believe that. So far, um, the industry has been able to educate people to upgrade pretty well. So they upgrade their smartphones every two, three years. Yeah. And we're seeing also upgrading their, 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 their routers or, or gateways every three, two, three years. You're saying you think two to three years is the, is the current upgrade life cycle for, for the average user? Yeah, definitely. We definitely see, I would say, for the more advanced users every other year. For the ordinary people, it's yeah. like three, four years, but on average, it's about like that. Does the success of something like the Nighthawk blow you away a bit? Because it went really well, didn't it, from, from the get-go? It was a, a, an astonishingly successful product for you. Yes, absolutely. Um, you're at, right. At a, reasonable, at, a, at a high price point, too. It's not like it was a $99 product that just went off the shelves, yeah? <laughs> I agree. I mean, there is no doubt. It, it, it also surprised us a little bit. When we first introduced 11AC first in the market with our 6300, we knew it would be a big thing. Mm. So that ran very well. However, um, with the Nighthawk at the new higher price point, we mm. thought that mm, this is probably would be for the really you know, high-end yeah. users. Now it's kind of very, very much into everybody's home. Everybody talks about it. Everybody wants it. I think, as you just mentioned, there are so many devices in the house. They really need to get all these connectivity up and running in the maximum suite that yeah. they could get, and that's where Nighthawk comes in. So, thinking about the um, the products that are on the market, you know, we talk a lot about your, your modem router range, and you know, a lot of people have Netgears probably without knowing it because their their ISP provides it. Then you've got your, your ViewZone cameras. Where else does Netgear go from here? Because you know, the smart home is is a massive future market. I mean, there are millions of houses in just this country alone who are doing some fun things but I think about myself and we've just renovated we put switches and 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 every bits and bobs I could possibly get in you know powerpoints that I got USB everything is connected does Netgear need to think about that part of the market or do you need to just concentrate on underpinning the home network with your with your strength in routers I think the network has advanced to a stage as we have demonstrated a little bit with our genie software that is not so much only about the hardware. Mm-hmm. It's also about what we call the back end. The back end is the management software of your home network mm-hmm. as well as the cloud element of it. Yeah. So we do believe that there is unlimited way of connecting unlimited number of devices in the house, as you just mentioned, scale. Or one day, I think con- connecting the refrigerator will be a reality rather than a dream. 
Um, so from an Edgar standpoint, one, we're going to make sure that the home network infrastructure today is basically Wi-Fi, and we will continue to push the ability of Wi-Fi to connect other devices at a very low power and very easy manner. Um, so it will have to reach every single corner of the house, and that's why we see our Wi-Fi standards doing very well. Yep. Secondly, we would like to develop a backend, which is today based on our ViewZone platform, to extend it, not only that we would add other smart home devices onto it ourselves, mm -hmm. we would also like to invite third-party devices. Open. open. Yeah, open it up to let third-party devices to participate in that home network backend software so people would be able to manage everything in the house from the smartphones. Now, there are certain things which are pretty clear to us what we need to do beyond just the camera mm. because we did a lot of user survey. Um, the immediate things that people are galvanizing to a smart home, first is security, yep. the second one is safety, the third one is comfort. Mm -hmm. So those are the three. Now, but you also know in the Silicon Valley right now, just millions, yeah. if not hundreds of millions of VC money going into wearables. Yeah. Uh, wearables for, for you know, adults, for kids, for pads, I mean, anything you can dream of. I've got one on each wrist. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> so, so we believe that these variables need to be participating in the home network as wow. well. So, so our job is to make sure our backend platform will be open enough that a lot of these new devices will be able to participate. And we will selectively provide some devices to participate in the home network. But as you say, correctly, our number one mission, number one, is still to make the back-end infrastructure, the mm -hmm. home networks itself, as well as the back-end cloud infrastructure to be open, easily usable, and reachable everywhere. And because that, that, that makes absolute logical sense, because if you, if you push yourself five years in advance, which is a long way in this game, um, obviously all these smart home things become prolific, but you have ecosystems, and that becomes then a really difficult thing for people to switch and, and multiple apps to manage things. And so that then your vision is to make life potentially easy for people so that they've got a single app even potentially in the future where different providers may provide different pieces of the smart home, but you can underpin it not only with the, the connectivity but with the control of it through a, through a single app interface. Yes. Now, we're not going to get into the fight of um, a single app or, or hmm. multiple apps. But we do believe that people appreciate a single backend infrastructure. Right. And just to give you an idea, if I have to remember the username and password of my uh, wristwatch, and then another one for my thermostat, a third one for my God knows who, I mean, you just basically kill my appetite. Yeah. I don't want it anymore. Yeah. What I would like to do is one single user name, one single user password, single sign-on to the big cloud backend. From there, I could run multiple applications or yeah. one application, we don't care which yeah, way you yeah, want yeah, to, right. to control the scale, control you know, the th thermostat, or control yeah. the garage door opener. I mean, it's up to you. Yeah, exactly. So where does Australia fit in? Um, you know, obviously we like to think we're, we're pretty good, we're pretty advanced. Um, we hear things like in the mobile payment space is a kind of random example that the tap-and-go technology that we use for Visa and MasterCard, Australia's one of the highest adopters per capita of that. Where do you see Australia in terms of your business, let alone in terms of internet and, and networking generally, in terms of the, the overall global market? I think Australia is at the forefront of all these development. Um, there is no doubt that Australia today has one of the most advanced back-end infrastructure in terms of broadband speed, both from a wired and a wireless standpoint. 
And so that is a great platform to really expand the home networks. Yep. And Australia also has the propensity to really adopt the latest technology. For example, Nighthawk is a big um, you know, mover in, in Australia. So we do believe that once we have this platform, this open platform for smart home, that we can incorporate not only Netgear but third-party products, Australia will be our first market really to push this concept. Mm. And by then, we, we probably would look actively for local participants as well because, you know, every single geography has its own individual smart yep. home requirement. It's pretty clear the houses in Australia are quite different from those in Munich. I mean, yeah. so we, we are looking for very strong local participation. Mm. So if you had to put a timeline on, on the growth of things like the smart home, um, yeah, I mean, yes, we have Wi-Fi prolific in homes. That doesn't make a home smart. I think even, even Wi-Fi plus PCs plus tablets doesn't make a home smarter. A home becomes smart, I guess, when it becomes remotely accessible, remotely controllable, um, remote being either a other side of the world or the other, other room in the home. Um, you know, is it a, is it a two- to three-year roadmap or is it, is it further than that for, for it to become mainstream? I, I mean, I like to think it's mainstream, but in reality... You know, there's 22 million people here and probably 20 million of them haven't even heard about the smart home yet. So, as I mentioned, that within the next 24 months, we've done a lot of user surveys around the world. They all galvanize towards these three areas, mm. security, safety, and comfort. And security is a reality today yeah. because even in Australia, I have a lot of friends, you know, installing monitoring cameras, yeah. you know, for security reasons. So we believe that a very easy to install. I mean, today the security cameras are still pretty difficult to install. Correct. So you know, our views on camera is super easy to install. So we're going to enhance, for example, is uh, resolution, frame rate, uh, backend cloud, and you know capabilities. So so we believe that is a definitive market. That's the first one for security. Now on top of security, uh, off camera, people would like to have sensors. They would have alarms. You know, those are things that will come down the pipe. The second one is about safety. Safety is pretty clear that um, in, in the U.S. already, there is already you know, Wi-Fi enabled uh, smoke detector, carbon monoxide detector. Those are what we call safety. Mm -hmm. And we'll see more of those equipment coming out. And then the third one, comfort. All right, we already are seeing some initial success in the U.S. with NAS, the thermostat. That's, mm -hmm. that's a comfort. Yeah. Um, we, we're seeing as simple as remote light switches, yep. all right, when you drive home, all right, so you say, I don't want to walk into a dark room, you know, trying to kind of hand on to, to the light switch, and you will be able to remotely turn it on, oh, light switch comes out, so I walk into the house, it's already bright, same thing, you know, a lot of people, I have the same problem too, you go, re, you go to bed, and then say, okay, how do I turn off the last light, <laughs> all right, so what you would like to do is, when you get in the bedroom, you read the newspaper, whatever, I mean, what, read your Kindle or whatever, after all said and done, you push a button, all, all the lights are gone, yeah. and then you can sleep, right, so, so I think those three things, will be in a mainstream within the next 24 months. And, and just wrapping up on that, then something like IFT, you know, if this, then that, is such an interesting and open platform too, really, isn't it? Because, yes. you know, I, I often explain to people and often blow their minds when you suggest that, you know, I wear a jawbone up, a little simple fitness band, but I could theoretically today, given the, the light switches I have in my bedroom and my, my Netgear network, and the connected nature of this device, when I tell this that I'm going to sleep, it could turn off all the lights in my home 
and I'm so close yet so far away from my air conditioner also turning on or off to a certain thing. It is simple comfort things like that that will change the way we operate in, in society really because it just takes away all of the overheads of, of basics, basic things that creates this connectivity that we couldn't have imagined I don't think we could imagine it four years ago, could we? <laughs> You're exactly right. I think that's an absolute analogy. Now, I'll just give a little mile ahead of that, right? Let's say you have a baby and you want a baby. No more thanks. I've got three kids. <laughs> <laughs> so you, you want a baby, you know, sleeping in his or her own bedroom. Yeah. But you want to monitor that all the time. So, okay, you tell stories and all that. Get the baby to sleep mm-hmm. and you turn off the light. All right, so let's say you have a wearable for the, for the baby. It could detect whether the baby is awake or not. So when the baby gets awake, you want to turn on the light again, you know, deeming it out so yeah. the baby won't get scared, right? Yeah, so yeah. That's can, can, that can be done automatically by yeah. the back end with the, you know, with the wearable interacting with the on-off switch or the deemer. Yeah. Light. I think my so, wife would see it differently. She would want some sort of audible alarm to go off near me when the baby wakes so that I don't sleep through. That's true. This is, this is a mother's best dream, surely. That is true. I mean, just there are so many ways yeah. the apps could work to make people's life a lot more comfortable. Mm. I mean, it's very clear that, that we, we would like to do that. And then, of course, you know, once you pass those three, there is a fourth one that we see that remotely coming is what we call efficiency management for the house. It doesn't matter whether it's water use right, yes. or is uh, is energy use. Smart all right? meters. Connected. Yeah, we all know that, right? I mean, the energy price is just going to go up. It's not going to come down. So <laughs> one day, people will say, mm, I want to really save $100 a month, all right? Yeah, so yeah. that's where the smart home really help. And same thing. I and mean, we all know, eventually, everybody's going to go fight for water. There's not enough clean water for the whole world. So water utilization will also have to be monitored and, you know, make it more efficient. So we see, you know, the fourth plank of the smart home is basically for efficiency. So, but I think that would be a few years off, uh, especially when you see oil prices go up, then it will come earlier. But for immediately for the next 24 months, you will see a lot of the um, smart home elements revolving around security, safety, and comfort and safety actually could be, you know, more human related anyway. Basically, on health as well as in hazard. Yeah, yeah. it's a very exciting um, future that we have ahead of us. What does Patrick Lowe do for R and R when he's um, travelling in places like Australia? How do you, how do you like to let your hair down? How do you like to put the feet up when you're in Sydney? Well, in, in, you know, in Australia, I mean, I always love this city. This is yeah. the best place. I mean, the people are very nice, and the food is good. Uh, the beer is excellent, <laughs> and those are what I like. Every time I come and ask, I'll, I'll, you know, I'll call you to take me out to a good place to eat, <laughs> have some good beer, you know, <laughs> have a good laugh, you know. And I, I enjoy the 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 Australian version of of our football. <laughs> oh, very good. All right, well, I hope you get to get to a couple of games then while you're here, yeah. mate. Thank you for the chat and uh, enjoy your trip. Yeah, thank you, Trevor. And thank you for listening. Your Tech Life. My name's Trevor Long. Thanks for listening. Uh, let's go to calls. Good day, Anthony. How you doing? Good, mate. What can I do for you? Uh, well, are we reading about the Windows 8.1 and Microsoft not supporting it? What's the Windows 8.1 and Microsoft not supporting it? Yeah. Where have you read about that? Well, I read it on uh, Lifehacker the other day. Right. So, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm new to this, well, uh, but I am looking at it now. Why Microsoft is dumping support for Windows 8.1. 
in a move certain to raise the ire of users. Yada, yada, yada. Next month it will see support for 8.1, uh, even though I've just upgraded all of my computers. Um, yeah, uh, so the aim is they want everyone to update from 8.1 to, what is it, 8.11 or something. Oh, really? Oh, uh, hang on. Um, hang on, this is very confusing. Windows 8.1, oh, it must be called Windows 8.1 Update. That's the new one. Uh-oh. So, Uh-oh, okay. so basically, Windows 8.1, it's, it's, I mean, it's just like the old days. You remember they used to put, um, uh, Service Pack 1, Service Pack 2, and all these kind of things out. I mean, what they're basically mm-hmm. saying, and probably an interesting approach is rather than, um, waiting until XP is, you know, dead 13 years away, <clears throat> then with mm-hmm. Windows 8, rather than waiting till it's dead, stop supporting the the recent versions sooner. So keep the full support for the absolute latest version, but encourage people to update by saying, you know what, if you don't update, we, we can't guarantee what you're doing. And you think about it, well, I mean, a lot of the time the updates are for, you know, security and, and uh, patch reasons. So you, you're mad not to update, basically. Um, yeah. It's interesting, though, it doesn't mention whether they're supporting Windows 8. Um, well, I've read... I read that they still are. Yeah, right. So it's basically just the Probably just not. the middle ground that they're stopping. It's a very yeah. weird thing, isn't it? Look, I mean, yeah. in the end, yeah, I I get the sense that this is a this is a big deal, but you know, when you think about it, you're kind of crazy to to not be continually updating your operating system anyway. Um, is there a reason you wouldn't want to update upgrade to the update? No, look, I just because I already done it to be honest. Yeah, and I was. I was like, well, what the hell's going on? Like yeah. I've literally just done it and you stopped supporting it. So yeah. I was well, just worried that security but, fixes and all that sort of stuff wouldn't happen. No, no. So, so you, you'll be able to update to 8... As long as you've got 8.1 update, which is just a stupid name they call, should call it 8.2, um, mm. then, um, then you're fine. I mean, and anyone that's running 8.1 should update anyway, um, just, just to keep yourself fresh and, and make sure you're getting all the latest updates. So... Look, mate, I wouldn't worry about it, mate. Um, you'll be fine. Just keep the updates rolling through, and it's their way of pushing you into the latest, which which is oh, free. Cool. So that's okay. Yeah. All right, Anthony, nice download, you. update, and enjoy. Excellent. Thanks, mate. All right, mate, thanks for getting in touch. Cool. And you can get in touch as well. Just go to the website, eftm.com.au. Thank you for listening, uh, Trevor Long, on Your Tech Life, taking your calls, and uh, let's go back to them now. G'day, Isla. Hello, Trevor. How can I help you? Trevor, I've got a laptop that's about five or six years old, Mm -hmm. and I had a sticky key, um, which, you know, I've had before, and you just sort of give it a bit of a clean and get (laughs) the crumbs out or whatever. Just turn it upside Um, down, give it a tap, shake the crumbs out, see what you can do, yep. Yeah, that's, but it was a space bar, right. um, so it meant that I it rendered it pretty useless. So right. anyway, I you know kept fiddling, and I took it down to the local computer shop where I bought it, yep. and of course they rung up the makers. It was it's an Australian brand, and of an Australian brand. What brand is it? Leader. Leader. Right. In okay. South Australia. Right. I think yes. I think I've seen them around. Yes. Yeah, I've found their service to be excellent over excellent. the time. So the, the laptop um, is branded leader or the company that you're going to? No, yeah, the company is leader and the laptop is branded leader. Wow, there you go. Yeah. Okay, fair enough. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, yeah so anyway, uh, they were going to see if they could source a, a new keyboard for me and they couldn't. They told oh. me I'd have to buy a new laptop. Bummer. Um, 
So why I contacted you was what was an alternative. I don't particularly want to buy a new laptop. I Mm. find that, you know, I I understand that's just the way things are now. Um, But just wondering from you, is there any other way? Well, hang on. I've I've got a... It's just come to me. I mean, this may sound completely stupid, but do you take it... Like, do you carry it around a lot with you or is it just pretty much sitting on on the office desk and you use it there? I basically use it every night while I'm watching TV. On your lap? Yep. It's my best friend. Right. Well, there is your problem. Because I was going to say, you know, you could just buy a keyboard and plug it in. Uh, yeah. The normal yeah, keyboard like from a normal computer will plug into that thing and work splendidly. Wirelessly or? Uh, well, it... I mean, yeah, look, I, I probably wouldn't bother. I'd probably just get one that it's 20 bucks, you know, really cheap keyboard that just plugs uh, in via yeah. USB. And, uh, okay, and off you go. Okay. Now, I mean, if yeah, you had a little, if you had a little like a, a table that the computer could sit on in front of you, then the, the keyboard could be yeah. on your lap. But it's not going to be perfect, if I'm honest. I mean, you're going to end up with that that problem. Um, well, that's the compromise, isn't yeah. it? That, look, that's going to mean you don't need a new laptop. I mean, th- th- we're trying to avoid yeah. you getting it because if it's working, other than that, that's the only thing stopping you now. I mean, there's a few other things, but I just uh, th- most of them I think about will, will, will cause some issues. So. If you could get a, a Bluetooth keyboard, for example, and there are so many yeah. of them now because iPads and, and tablets use Bluetooth keyboards, you could sit the Bluetooth yeah. keyboard on top of the current one and use it, but you would need to disable the current uh, keyboard oh, for yeah. that to work. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, um, I so I, I don't know. I think, yeah. I think, I think it's always going to be a bit clunky. It's going to be a bit clunky. But you know, yeah, well, computers aren't that expensive. I mean, I'm, I'm t- touching on territory you, you don't want to go to. But you know, for a very basic computer, you shouldn't need to spend too much money. But when I say too much, that may be a lot for you. So it's a different, different. Course. Well, we've already got a PC, and you know, like okay. I, it's just that I prefer to use the laptop. Yeah. that's all for convenience. That's yeah. All. yeah. Well, all I can recommend well, right. is the keyboard, and then secondly, is going to the website, my website, eftm.com.au, because I'm currently giving away a laptop. So oh, I hope right you should right. enter that competition and wouldn't it be, I mean, it's, it's not a judge competition, it's a computer draw. Um, okay. So it would be amazing if you won because this thing is glorious. It's a good. Lenovo X1 Carbon Ultrabook. It's beautiful. Um, I would like that. Yeah, so definitely jump in there and enter that competition immediately. Okay, okay, all right, Trevor. All well, right. thank you very, very much. I appreciate your advice. No I, worries. I was just beside myself when they said I had to buy another laptop. Yeah. I thought, holy hell. All right, well, good luck. Well, Let me know how you go, far. okay? Let me know what you end up doing. Okay. Okay, thank you, Trevor. Good on you. And you can get in touch as well. Just go to the website, eftm.com.au. Your Tech Life with Trevor Long. Thank you for listening. Uh, questions, problems, comments, anything you want about uh, uh, technology in your life, whether you've got a, need advice or want to give advice, I don't mind. Get in touch. Just go to the website, eftm.com.au. G'day, Jason. G'day, Trevor. How are you going? Good, mate. What can I do for you? Oh, I've just making, um, been reading a bit of interest about the uh, piracy, the government crackdown on piracy. Sure. Um, I just think the problem could be solved if by removing the digital rights management on videos like you download from iTunes or stuff like that. It's a very um, interesting question, really, isn't it? Because for people that don't know, DRM, which is digital rights management, as you rightly say, is 
is a way of um, a way of stopping you from using it on other devices. So originally, when you bought music from iTunes, you could only use it on your account on your devices. But they lifted that; they increased the price, so the music companies got more. But but they they lifted the price and they they made it free. So you can download a song on iTunes and and just take the file and put it on any device you've got. So theoretically, you could send it to a mate. Um, but that doesn't exist with with television and movies, does it? No, no. So, I mean, the price on iTunes for TV shows, you know, it's only about 2 or $3 an episode, and that's, I think, a price that people are willing to pay. But the problem is, like, if you download through iTunes or similar, device, or similar services, most people at home have portable hard drives to plug into a TV, and I want to be able to watch a, t- a show that I've downloaded legally Yep. Um, on my big screen TV as supposed to be locked into an Apple device. Yeah, yeah. But I yeah, wonder, so, um, it, it's... It's interesting because I agree with you, right? If I could, so like I love the idea of just having a storefront, uh, whether it's Google Play or iTunes, and just going and buying a TV show, and then having it on a disc and put plug it into anything. I've got so many devices, but it is really hard to play stuff on other devices, and so I agree with you 100. percent But Jason, how do you, how do you stop then people just uploading it to a website and sharing it as a full high quality the original? Do you know what I mean? Does that change that? Do you think? Well, I mean, if you look at, I mean, you never go. I don't think they're going to stamp out piracy altogether. You know, sites like Pirate Bay, whether it gets shut down or other so, other sites end up taking its place. Yeah. But with the music industry, I think, I suppose the amount of they closed down with LimeWire and stuff along those lines. I think music industry people actually starting to buy music now on iTunes because everyone gets for birthdays. I'll give you an iTunes card. I'll give you an iTunes card. Um, and sometimes we get all this money on iTunes, we can't. Spend all the money sometimes on yeah. birthday cards. Yep, no, I so agree. So everyone's getting these 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 value these money in iTunes, and now you can't sort of watch the TV shows. I mean, the biggest money spent at the TVs nowadays is from TV series as opposed to movies, because um, everyone wants to watch TV series. Mm. Uh, like Game of Thrones, for instance, you know, the ability to watch that pay on iTunes. If you charge like five dollars for an episode, I reckon people will pay yeah. Game of Thrones. Download that straight away. There's, that can eliminate a lot of piracy. Look, Whether the, it doesn't stamp it out or not, the um, the company's still making money yeah. as opposed to making no money. Look, I, in the end, I think the problem is that the the television slash movie rights um, owners are a long way off needing this uh, and needing to create that because they're still making very very good money. Um, from traditional channels, okay. When they sell a movie into into a market, when they uh, 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 when they sell the rights to a television show into another market, it's it's really really valuable to them, and so there's no real need for that market yet. It's like when people complain to me about Game of Thrones or whatever it might be, and I say to them, "You realise if they made it available to buy, even if they charge double the the normal premium for Australians, they wouldn't get anywhere near as much as they do by doing a, a deal with a TV company." But wouldn't it? People still love the TV, but um, they'll still be making uh, more money for shows like Game of Thrones as opposed to someone who's not paying any money for pay TV and not buying DVDs. Well, they've still got the um, contract with the networks, mm. but the people who don't have paid television, even if you had a quarter of those or half of those, bought it legitimately. Well, and, that, and that's, um, what, that's what does happen. The problem is people, people's biggest complaint is not about it being available. It's about when it's available. So, again, Game of Thrones, good example. It will be available on yeah. iTunes, just not until it's finished its run on television where, you know, Foxtel can get their money back. 
So, you know, it's just more about us wanting things so quickly and so urgently. Bottom line, with, uh, you know, with, with vid- vision content, right? So videos, TVs, music, um, it, it's, it's a little way off. It's it's a little way off there being a, a good DRM free outcome, and and we're probably not there until we have a much greater uh, population of buyers <laughs> and and users of these services. So we're a little way off, but I think we're coming. But I share your frustration, basically, Jason. But unfortunately, is there a way? Is there a way then you can like I know you can get an ITV device and you stream straight to your ITV device to a TV, but say I don't want to buy an ITV device. Yeah. Uh, Apple, Apple, Apple product. I just stream it from my computer hmm. straight to my TV, straight to the TV without buying another Apple peripheral. Uh, well, there there is a thing called um, WideEye, W-I-D-I, which is a um, an Intel-based uh, technology that does push to TV. Um, there are boxes yep. from Netgear and the like that will receive that, and there are new televisions that will also receive that. So there is ways of doing it. But I think the bigger issue yeah. isn't actually the the stuff that's on your computer. It's the it's the ability to have boxes that share easier. Um, yeah. So there the kind of is a way to do everything right now. But the problem is it's really like it's tunnel vision and it's one way. And then there's another TV in your house which doesn't work that way. So that's what becomes the real issue. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, mate, we're not going to solve it here. <laughs> but I think we no. share each other's pain. You probably more yeah. so than me, unfortunately. Oh, no, it's all good. Good on you, mate. Right, thanks, Chris. All right, mate. You yeah, have a good night, right. and uh, and thank you for getting in touch. And you can get in touch as well. Just go to the website, eftm.com.au, or call 1-800-157-157. Talking technology without the jargon. Your, Your Tech, tech Life with Trevor Long. And thank you for listening once again. Episode 238. <sighs> Exhausted. Lucky I haven't done them all in one week. It's not possible because there's only 168. Is it 168 hours in a week? So we've got a couple of weeks worth of solid listening there. If you listen back to back, why would you do that? Um, You know, this has uh, been recorded on budget night. It's a tough budget for a lot of people. I understand that. Um, I'm pretty supportive of the budget. So life goes on, really. Um, But breaking budget news, thanks to the support of sponsors like Garmin, your tech life will remain free. Free to download, free to listen. Um... The Australian government plays no role in this decision. Uh, But no, seriously, thank you for listening. Thank you for downloading. It is great to have your company each and every week. And as I keep saying, reach out, say g'day uh, on Twitter, on Facebook, on um, email, and go to the iTunes store and uh, jump in there and let other people know what you think. And a couple of those that have come through just recently. uh, Thank you, Mick. been listening for the last couple of years. It's a great show. In fact, I'm just going to refresh that because I'm sure... I'm sure Mick wasn't the only one saying great things um, recently. Um, uh, most most critical. Let's read those. Um, the information is not bad, but this guy's a fig jammer. I listen to a few podcasts, but have unsubscribed because I'm sick of hearing him talk about himself and talking over other people. Sorry, mate. That was in 2010. Maybe you're back. If your name is Thylacine60... Uh, this was November 20, 2010. You only gave me two stars. That's better than one. Um, so that's not so bad. Sorry, man. Sorry, I'm a fig jammer. Um, that, and then the next one is four stars. So that's the worst they can do. Um, anyway, good luck to them. But most recently, people have said, um, 
When working hospital shift work, Trevor often keeps me awake on the long drives home. Can't fall asleep as the show is too interesting and being an Aussie makes it so relevant. Well done, Trevor. You do a great job, uh, a natural. Thank you very much, Frog171970. Um, to Bloodnut Boy, who says, uh, great podcast. I listen every week. Great tips and info that I find extremely useful. Keep up the work, Bloodnut Man. Good on you, Bloodnut Man. Loving it, mate. Uh, Dominic. Uh, from Australia, great Aussie tech podcast. Trevor keeps it simple to understand and is very informative. I also recommend his other work, Two Blokes Talking Tech. Thank you for your recommendation, Dominic, from Australia. Um, yes, thank you very much um, to everyone there. I'll um, keep reading through them. It's um, good for my ego. Thank you, thank you for listening. Thank you to Garmin. And uh, most importantly, thank you to you. Uh, without you, I wouldn't bother doing it. You are listening to Your Tech Life. 